with me here. Just want you to take a breath, take a deep breath. Okay? Just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, get hold of my heart and change me. Have your way. And Holy Spirit with us all, have your way. Amen. So, uh, be seated, please. How are you, church? Doing well? Good. Uh, I want to take you on uh, a journey. You know, through the Bible, almost, almost in every book, there are certain threads that go all through. Okay? One of those threads is uh, that God creates a domain called the kingdom and he puts us in it to grow it and to maintain it that God doesn't do things on his own okay so I want to take you on a bit of a journey so you can get a, an idea about that okay so you, you get Genesis and in Genesis God already made the garden okay and the garden had trees and everything and then God created man, and he did two things. First, man was in the image of God. Man was the carrier of God's presence. Man was the ambassador, man and woman, by the way, so just you don't get offended, okay? Uh, uh, right? You get to be the carrier of his presence. You get to be the ambassador. And what do you do with that? You work the garden and you maintain it. What does that mean? You work the garden, that means you grow it. You plant more trees. You don't just take care of the trees that are there. You plant more trees. And you get to be fruitful. I think that's a happy thought for many. And uh, through that, you populate the garden and you take more dominion. All right? You see that? Okay. Then, then things went wrong and uh, we got uh, kicked out of the garden just because of our choices and things were going to go really bad and God decided that there would be an ark. Have you noticed that? An ark. And that's salvation. But if there was no ark for people to live in, everybody and everything would have died. Yeah. You see? Then God chooses a man to bless him that all the families of the earth, all the families of the earth, that population would be blessed. And he moves him from a place where he was living even in a house, a really good house, okay? And he lives in a tent. And he one time tells him, well, get out of the tent. Look up. Do you see the stars? Can you count how many they are? Can you count how many the sand on the seashores. That's what I want you to do. That's what I'm calling you for. I'm calling you to multiply, to affect the earth with my presence, that they would be blessed with the blessing I will bless you with. You move on and you get to Exodus and there is people that got saved 
out of slavery. They already have tents. And God is moving, moving amongst them. A cloud in the morning, a pillar of fire at night. Then he says, I want to introduce myself to you. And he speaks to them from the mountain. And then he says, well, here is actually what I really want. I want to live amongst you. And I want you to gather around my presence. There were sacrifices, but you don't get, at least from the text, there was much preaching. You would be thankful. <laughs> but there was God's presence. We gather around the presence. Yeah. And then there is the temple, yeah? And then I'll just, you know, fast forward the end of the, the, the Old Testament. You hear things about the glory of the latter house would be way greater. And you haven't seen that. And you hear as well in Ezekiel, the last kind of eight chapters, speaking about the temple and the name of God in the temple is Yehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Is there. That God will build us as a temple and the Lord himself is here. You move on to, the, on to the New Testament and the first thing you get that Jesus in John 1 came and got incarnated in this world and that word is that he put his tent here. And the same thing like the Lord Shema and you will call his name Emmanuel. He tabernacled amongst us and you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And then Jesus saying, I'm the temple, destroy this temple, and I will still raise it. Okay? Now, you know, we always think when we're reading this verse, you know, destroy the temple, oh, that's the bad, or maybe even, and I'm not trying to be racist, the bad Jews. No. God is telling you, as you're reading this verse, you know, you do destroy that temple. You do sin and rebel right. and stay stubborn and run away from me and don't listen and don't surrender and don't accept my lordship. And I would still come in my mercy and I will raise that temple so that you can live, <laughs> that you can come and live. Because this is what I came for that you might have life and then abundant life. And then Jesus says, you're the temple. Paul is saying, don't you know that you're the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in you. You can take it personal, sure, but it is as well way more. It's the corporate. You are the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit lives here. Amen. Peter is saying that you are the living stones that would constitute the temple. I want to talk to you about another side of the Extent Project. The Extent Project, as you've seen on the video, is 
we're going to extend to this side and backwards. If I dare call it, I want to talk to you about the real extent project that will make this building extension real and happening. The real extension is you and I. We are God's project. We are his building. When we're talking about being bold in witness, you are the one, if you go boldly after what God is saying, if you obey humbly but boldly and go and do his will and do his bidding, you are really extending the building that God is building. See the link between that video that you saw and this thing, by the way, I didn't get to put uh, where we live and we're about uh, here. <laughs> uh, when we come together, this is the red screw in the middle here. When we come together, there is such, such a power and such a grace for God pouring his spirit amongst us. Yet, God doesn't just want that. God wants to pour his spirit here, whoever you are. Here, 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 here. All of this here, and I know that someone lives somewhere here. <laughs> God wants to extend his presence. Let me read this to you. It's not going to come on the screen. Uh, I'm not a screen guy, really. And this is Isaiah 54, and I'm reading from the New King James translation. And it says this, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, haven't given birth, gave birth, break forth into singing. Very strange, like why? <laughs> why would I do that? You who have not travailed with a child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your habitations. Do not spare, do not hold back, do not shrink. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, nor be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. <coughs> for your maker, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. 
and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. The barren is uh, Israel. And Israel was the desolate one. If you're not really sure about that, I can explain it to you later. But as well, the nations. And I can explain that later on as well, if you want. And he's saying that to us. You know what? If you're thinking, I don't know how long you've been in the church, you've only seen one or two people coming to Christ, or in your life, you've never seen someone coming to Christ, you don't see yourself fruitful, you don't see God's presence in your life, you don't see God's presence here, and God is saying, sing for joy. Because I'm doing a new thing. And where you didn't have maybe even one kid, you didn't give spiritual life even to one person. God's saying you're going to have many. You will pull your hair. <laughs> You'll have many. Sing for joy. Your kids will be more than when you look around and you think, well, they, have, they are fruitful, they have life. Your kids will be more. For I am your husband. I will be the holy one of you guys here. Of your family, of your street, of your neighborhood, of this church, of Watford. I am. You see, Isaiah 54 is on the back of Isaiah 53. And in Isaiah 53, Jesus did it all. This is why you can sing. Not because you are great. Actually, I'll tell you what, you're still the same. I'm not going to elaborate on that. You're still the same. With your weakness, with your challenges with everything that you're struggling with, with your selfish ambition, with your self-centeredness, with your even godly hopes that were quashed, with everything you've done every time you've quenched the spirit, you're still the same. And God is coming to us as a church now and saying, well, this is going to turn around we will see many people saved. We will see many people healed. We will see many people delivered. And they will be called, as if you read in that chapter, the children of God, the disciples of the Most High. Yeah. We will not see just people sitting on chairs. We will see disciples carrying the presence of God everywhere they go. This is the project that God is doing here. This is our future. If you don't know what we're aiming for, where, what we're moving towards, this is it. And the building is just a token. We're enlarging because there will be more people coming here, worshiping the father of this house together. 
were enlarging because there would be a lot of harvest that will need a barn to be gathered there. And the barn is way bigger than even the 3.8 million that you heard about. This is the barn. Because God is asking you for your house. God wants you to open your heart and to open your house to him. And enlarge your house. I'm not, I'm not advising you to make an extension. What I'm saying is you have to open your doors. I'll, I'll, let me take you to Isaiah 58. This is the worship that God is asking for. Verse 6 saying, is this not, I'll change the word fast to worship. Trust me, it's okay. <laughs> I'll explain it later on. <laughs> is not the worship that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Yeah. And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him? And not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then, then, now I want you to hear that. This is our future. Of course, if you... Let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do in you and me. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall bring forth speedily. Shall, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones and shall be like, you shall be like a watered garden. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not, do not fail. This is what God is calling us to be. And he's saying, if you, if you let me do what I want to do in your life, if you submit and surrender to the Holy Spirit, you will be like a watered garden. I want you to know this. You see, when, when you are building a tent, when, when God is saying to his people, enlarge your tent, I want you just to imagine a tent, okay? A tent is something that you don't really want to make it that big because every time you're moving, that's why you, you live in a tent, you're moving, it takes a lot of effort to undo it, 
pack it and move. But God is saying, enlarge your tent. And as if he's saying, though it's a tent, this is going to be your place. Now, in that day, when you're enlarging your tent, you're not going to be in queue and buying extra bits of tent curtains and extra ropes, and then you are enlarging your tent. No. You are waving, weaving the cords. You're actually going to your herd, getting goats and getting their hair, and you're weaving out of that cords. It's a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. Your herd aren't really happy. Yeah? And you're sacrificing that. And you are actually sacrificing some of them because you're using the skin and you're sewing them together to make those curtains. And then you're even going to your orchard or to your trees and you're getting some of your good trees and some of your good branches and you're getting those rods and stakes and, and you're shaping them so that they would be in place so that you can extend the tent. Do you see how much work and sacrifice you're doing in order to enlarge your tent while you're still, you still don't have kids, but because God said, you will have kids. You will not be called desolate anymore. You will be called the delight of the Lord. And you will not be without husband. You will be called Hepzibah. If you're seeing what Tim is doing here, this is like you're extending your courts. You're extending your courts. With while we're trying to come here together to host God's presence, to really to seek his face, to pour our hearts and say, have your way in us, have your way with us, change us. But you're doing that as well in your household. Have your way with us, with your grow group or whatever you're doing. You're asking God, to have his way. And as you're doing that, you're extending courts. You're extending courts. But then you get to do that as well between households. And all of a sudden, you discover that you're weaving curtains together. And you're making the tent. It's a lot of work. Yes. Yes, it is. It's the best life that you can live. It is the best life that you can live. Following God, doing his thing, living in his kingdom and for his kingdom. I kid you not, this is absolutely true. This is the best, the best, the best life that you can live. And I feel for you if you're living anything else. I can tell you that you're living something that is not really good even for you. Actually, primarily for you. See, Jesus is asking us for wholehearted worship. And I will just say that this is like the, the central thing in the middle, but as well in our homes. Wholehearted worship. 
And when we come on a Sunday and we don't feel that we actually had God's thing, we go for it more. See, this is an image of the tent, but as well I want you to think about that image. I want to end with that. See, Jesus told us through a prophetic word that a well will open up in our midst. So this central uh, screw or whatever that we have in red, I want you to think of it as a well, a spring of water, okay? that is bursting. And every bit of cord that is extended, I want you to change the image from a tent now onto a greenhouse. And for those who are worried about COP26, it's a greenhouse that doesn't produce CO2. Okay? Good. Those cords are pipes that are getting the water. And they are dripping everywhere they go. In the morning, there was another, uh, another person who had that vision as well, but like he felt it's not a, a, a well, but you know, a, a water mill. Bringing the water from deep, and deep would call unto deep, but then it's pouring. And I want you to think about every, every line of these. See, guys, a pipe, a pipe, a pipe, a pipe, pipe, pipes. Pipes are going everywhere and watering all this area, and we read, you're going to be a watered garden. You're going to be like a watered garden, and the spring will not cease, will not cease. This is what we're called for. If you allow the Holy Spirit to take hold of you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to transform your heart, whatever you're doing, I'm telling you, it's not really worth it. If you allow the Holy Spirit to get hold of you, you will be a carrier of his presence. You will grow the garden and you will as well maintain it. And this is what you're called for. This is what I'm called for. This is what we are called for. Let me finish with this. Why would we do that? It's a lot of work. Weaving cords and doing curtains and shaping stakes and all of that. I'll share with you why I want to live like that. I want to see a smile on his face. I want when I stand before the Lord that I would see that he's smiling because we carried his glory. And because he's found many, many, many of his children, his creation, coming back to know life in Jesus. I want to do this because it will glorify Jesus' name. And he is worthy, worthy, worthy of glory and praise. That's my first reason, first and foremost. My second reason is this. I want to do this because people are perishing every day. You've been crying about some people that maybe you know or you don't know who died from COVID. Man, people are dying and perishing from sin way more every day. And it hasn't been just 18 months or two years. It has been forever. Wake up. The best thing for people that you know, that you love, is that they wouldn't perish. 
is that they will come to know the Lord and know his, the life that he gives and that abundance, that satisfaction. And the third, and it might sound selfish. Sorry, can I have a tissue? I want to do this because this is the best life I can live. The best life. The best life I can live. I came to know the Lord at the end of my 17th year. I've done everything before I came to know the Lord. It's all rubbish. The best life I've ever lived. The best days even in that life was when I was following him and experiencing his presence. I want this for you. We're going to pray. Allow the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to get hold of your heart. Allow him to change you. Don't think, but I am barren, but, but I live in shame, but I'm desolate. Because he's saying you can sing, and you can sing for joy because you will not be like that anymore. Don't think about your weaknesses and the, thing, the, the things that overcame you. Because Jesus has won the victory. Stand in faith. Allow him to change you. And you will be his tent, his temple, carrying his presence, doing his bidding. I tell you, there isn't anything better than that. Nothing. Go on, Johnny.